Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm live. I'm going live. Live. Going live. Live. Going live. Turn this up. Fuck is everybody at me? I'm. Hola, big. <laughs> the Matrix is a system, Neil. That system is our enemy. When you're inside, you look around, what do you see? Businessmen, teachers, lawyers, carpenters, the very minds of the people we are trying to save. But until we do, these people are still a part of that system, and that makes them our enemy. You have to understand, most of these people are not ready to be unplugged. And many of them are so inert, so hopelessly dependent on the system that they will fight to protect us. These fake problems, they are so fake, fake, fake. <laughs> These Negroes are fake as hell. Fake as hell, oh fake, oh fake. <laughs> 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 These fake pro black niggas. <laughs> What's up, man? <laughs> Y'all know I y'all know I never miss miss a chance to get in these Negroes ass, man. You know what I'm saying? For they goddamn hypocrisy. You know what I'm saying? Y'all know y'all already know what it is over here, man. Y'all already know. You know what I'm saying? We traverse the heterodoxies very well over here. Pro black pro black politics have been an abject failure in the black community. Period. <laughs> Y'all like and share the video for me. <laughs> We're gonna get started in a minute. Okay. 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 What's up, uh, uh, intellectual ADOS? Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> 
Let me see. Uh, <laughs> These fake problems, they are so fake. 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 These Negroes <laughs> are fake as hell. Fake as hell. Oh, fake. Oh, fake. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, what's up, man? What's up, man? Oh, boy. What's up? What's going on? What's the, what today? What today is Thursday morning? It's Thursday morning, man. Um, you know, I've been watching, <laughs> I've been watching the outrage, you know, coming from Negroes, dealing with this entire, you know, Amber Geiger situation. Um, of course, she was the 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 white officer, white female officer who who went into Botham Jean's home and and shot him in the head, killed him. So she she number one, she did breaking and entering. And then she murdered this man in cold blood. And she was subsequently found guilty. And then she, murdered this man in cold blood. she was subsequently found guilty by a jury of her peers. And she was sentenced to 10 years, which for a lot of a lot of Negroes isn't isn't harsh enough of a sentence for their taste. And I, I tend to agree. I think I think she should have been she should have had the book thrown at her. You know, I, I believe she should have had the book thrown at her. Um, and in the wake of this, uh, the black female judge and the black female bailiff were very, uh, compassionate and empathetic and sympathetic towards this cold blooded killer who killed Botham Jean in his own home for no reason and in cold blood. They were seeing one of them. They were seeing giving her a hug, you know, uh, planning her hair. Apparently, the family is on some forgiveness tip, and now you have all these these pro black aficionados from Tariq Nasheed, amongst others, who are outraged and who are pointing at, at this as sign as white supremacy. These things about white supremacy, which. Don't get me wrong. I, I mean, th there's a lot of tread on the tire when it comes to that. My only point of contention is that Negroes are hypocrites. You, here it is. You have you have Negroes who are outraged at this 10 year sentence for Miss Amber Geiger, who killed Botham Jean. What's up, bless one? Who killed Botham Jean? And yet these same Negroes have friends and relatives who have killed other black men in cold blood, just as senseless and haven't served a day in jail because niggas ain't going to tell. You have black mothers who have sons who are committing some of the, the worst crimes in the community and they console their sons. They hug these little, these little ruffians. See what I'm saying? This thing of a, of a mother's love, lo loving this savage that she done raised who's running around here killing other black men that look like him. 
So these Negroes, these Negroes are hypocrites. You're not outraged at that, though. Tell me what's the difference? These individuals who, who commit these types of crimes in the community are they're just like Amber Geiger. So what's the difference? See, pro-black politics has been an abject failure in the black community. What's up, LAR? <laughs> Pro-black politics has been an abject failure in the black community. See, we're perfectly fine with the life, the lives of black men being extinguished so long as it's done by another black person. That's how pro-black we are. That's how that's how pro-black we are. And this is something I, I, I've stated consistently, and I have to agree with David Carroll. All you have to do to be pro-black is excuse black degeneracy. That's it. That is it, man. That's all you have to do. See, they're not they're not going to they're not going to turn these individuals in because these individuals are their relatives. But you want but but you you so outraged with Amber Geiger. You're you're so outraged. Now it's a now it's a miscarriage of justice. Now it's a problem. So we can kill each other just so long as other groups don't do it. How many times have we seen stories and heard stories of killings of black persons by other black persons that was just as senseless as this? And just as unnecessary as this? And preventable as this. See, and then these individuals have the audacity and the nerve to posture themselves as the thought leaders of black society. See? Totally deluded. No type of, of, of clarity when it comes to issues like this. Like, could, could you imagine the type, of, the type of society these Negroes would, would run? There would be no rule of law. Because the moment a black person does something to another black person, the mo and like in this, in this black na nation, the moment a black person does something, you're just going to blame it on white supremacy. It's the white man's fault. See? But you expect me to be outraged. Why be outraged for what? Why? We've we've sent a consistent message to each other and to the outside world that the life the life of black men has very little value. So what's the problem? You have sisters walking around society talking about they don't need black men. So why are we so outraged now? When we've made it when we've made it abundantly clear we don't care about black men, black boys. Even when we can look at every metric. Every empirical study 
that shows the harmful effects of fatherlessness of single female headed households, especially when it comes to the boys. Yet this is the this is the family structure that we choose to continue to proliferate. But you're outraged by this. Help me help me help this make sense. We know that the life outcomes of black boys who grow up in homes without fathers and single and single female headed households, their outcome is going to be more in line with Botham jeans than a Barack Obama's than a Robert Smith's. See? So this is this is fake outrage. And Amiri and the great liberators don't do fake outrage. See, even, even this fake outrage thing is a form of internalized whiteness. Because what it is, we've taken these cues from the dominant society from American culture where we only see the, tr the, 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 the truths about ourselves that we want to see. This, uh, this idea of American exceptionalism. And so we've internalized it and inverted it and want to and, and wanna act like there's this Negro exceptionalism. Where there are very real issues that are pertinent and harmful to the everyday lives and life outcomes of, of black people, black men in particular, are ignored. So we choose to ignore that. And then what we want to do, we want to come back and posture these individuals as somehow the warriors of the race, the thought leaders of the race. Fuck out of here. Miss me with that. And so you understand why these Negroes can't get anything done and won't get anything done. Because the moral ethical compass of the American Negro is broken. Broken. In the, in, in the age of social media, we look to these fake pro-blacks as the barometers for what we should be outraged about. This is what we do. This is what we do. These same Negroes, many of these same niggas have brothers, cousins, <coughs> sisters, and relatives who've extinguished another black life over something as silly and nonsensical as this Amber Geiger case. But I'm supposed to be outraged with Amber Geiger, but not be outraged at your black ass. And this is, and this is a, it's supposed to make sense. And if you dare say anything, if you dare call it out, you're a coon. You're cooning. Because we're only supposed to be outraged 
at the mistreatment of black life when it's done at the hands of a white person. We're supposed to accept our communities being overrun with the criminal element. With those who place no value on, on, on life, on black life, especially black male life. I mean, I, I'll, I'll admit, I agree. I mean, everything, you know, with the situation is, 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 is ridiculous, is messed up. It's a messed up situation. But my thing is, what's the difference? What is the difference? These same niggas will make an impassioned plea for the types of individuals who are doing the exact same thing Amber Geiger did. Exactly, LAR movement. See, so we don't really we don't we don't really care about these things the way the way we want to try and portray. Because our, our our political posture, our social posture, our ethical posture is is reactionary. It's not it's it's not proactive. See, it's not proactive. See, I can I can come on here and make the same statements everybody else making. I mean, it's obvious. But that's not the way I look at things. See, I look at things through the lens of black inferiorization. Because I understand that black inferiorization is the existential existential threat to black progress. More so than white supremacy. The dysgenic nature of black society at this moment. The fact that there are two black Americas. The fact that there is a a, a class divide. And these different things. <clears throat> so, I don't take my cues from these from these these fake pro blacks, man. When it when it when it comes to being outraged, because these same niggas, these same Negroes, are not outraged when it's June June, Tay Dog, and Ray Ray. We're supposed to understand why they got to be fucked up and, and, and be doing shit they ain't got, got no business to other black people. We're supposed to understand why. And give them a pass. <clears throat> We're supposed to understand why and give them a pass. And not say anything. And let our communities be overrun with this type of element. This is really what they expect. Then they'll turn right around and glorify this type of element operating. It's 2019. You still got you. You got niggas damn near ready for Social Security talking about they a street dude. So when we want to know who's giving the, 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 these other parts of society, the cues that it's okay to extinguish a black male life and nothing will be required of it is you. They learned it by watching you. 
and everything about our our cultural practices and cultural references reflect that. It reflects it. So we're not as outraged at the death of a, of a black man as we think we are or as we want to portray. You're not going to turn in that relative who may have carried out something like this and never got caught, never served a day, a day in jail. But all of a sudden you're outraged at this 10 year sentence. Help, help me to understand that. Explain that. Explain that. And, and then these people want to, they want to be the thought leaders. Because I, I, I was listening to Tariq earlier and I agree with much of what he's saying, but you, I just don't take him serious like that. Because he like because this this romanticizing of intra-group violence. I, I just don't, I can't wrap my mind around it. The psychodynamics of self-annihilation in the service of white domination, as the great Amos Wilson put it. But I'm supposed to ignore that. And I'm supposed to give you a pass. No, I'm going to hold you to a higher standard. I'm going to hold you to a higher standard, not a lesser standard. The fact of the matter is, is that for black men between the ages of 15 and 35, Homicide by other black men is the greatest cause cause of death. The greatest cause of death. And then we wonder where the black men are. We wonder where they are. See, a few months ago, there was this raging debate on YouTube about Pookie and Ray Ray and the educated lane. And what you had was many of these quote unquote pro blacks making excuses for the behaviors of Pookie and Ray Ray. And I'm, on, I'm only using that terminology because this is the terminology I found on YouTube. But we, we all know who and what I'm talking about. Coming, especially coming from the the, fe the fellow sphere, who's who 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 spend spend hours at a time on YouTube every week talking about what black men aren't doing and why black men don't deserve respect, using that same Pookie and Ray Ray as the template. To typify black manhood, black masculinity, black male action. And using that as the predicate for how they interact with all black men. Then turn right around. In the course of the debate. And make excuses for the men they complain about day in and day out.
See, the fact of the matter is, and the truth is, is that many sisters have become accustomed to the weaponization of black men against black men. Essentially playing both ends against the middle. This is what they do. This is what they do. And see, when you have these discussions along these lines, it's touchy because the people you're talking about are, is these Negroes family. It's these Negroes family. So it's, it's a touchy topic. It was the same thing with that Jasmine Barnes case. When everybody thought that the killer of Jasmine Barnes was some white dude in, the, in a red truck, it was all over but the shouting. It was all over. It's a war. We had war with white supremacy. White supremacy this. White extremists this. Soon as these niggas found out, it was, a, it was two black males. It was it was two responses, one of two responses, either a. They went quiet and silent on it or B, it was a conspiracy. It was a conspiracy. Same thing with, with the Nipsey Hussle and, and shitty cause situation. Now, see what happened was, see what they did was. See, they, 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 they had him as an informant to take out Nipsey Hussle because Nipsey Hussle was finna do a, a, a documentary on Dr. Sebi. Fuck out of here. What's more, what's more likely? That it was some gang hood shit that just popped off because this is how, the, this is how, how senseless the violence is in our communities. Or it was some grand scheme by the LAPD and the government and the CIA. What is more likely? Think just think about it logically. Just use logic. What's more? What's what's more likely? What's more probable? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like we haven't seen violence like this just just pop out of nowhere in our communities. So when it so when it happens to a to a to an unknown brother. Who, who isn't famous, doesn't have a platform, we just accept that. But because it's, but because it's Nipsey Hussle, because it's a celebrity, it just got to be a conspiracy. And these individuals posture themselves as thought leaders. And we accept it. We accept this folly, this logic. These logical fallacies which exist to remove ourselves from any accountability of how we interact and engage with each other. The inferiorization of the black mind. The psychodynamics of self-annihilation in the service of whiteness. In the service of white domination. See, but nobody can say nothing. You better not. You better be very, very quiet <laughs> when it comes to this. You being a, you being a coon. 
but your little your, your, your brother who shot another brother over a goddamn basketball game, he ain't a coon. He a real nigga, see. He's a real nigga. This idea and this notion that comes from the from the failosphere a lot. That somehow because they're more degenerate, they're more hood, they're more black. I sat on a panel with these in, with, 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 with these individuals literally saying this. That doing things a certain way means you're assimilating to whiteness. But doing things, this going the hood route and being a criminal and a fucking murderer and drug peddler and pimp is somehow rejecting whiteness. It's the rejection of whiteness. And then turn right around to use the fact that just as many white people as black people engage in these types of in, in these types of behaviors to, to then excuse any level of accountability. Well, wait a minute. If you engaging in those in those behaviors as a as a black person is reject is rejecting of white ideals and white values, how are you then gonna ex, gonna excuse it by by pointing to white people who do it too? That's a logical fallacy. And then think I'm not intelligent enough to understand that what you're saying is a logical fallacy. Well, see, these, these brothers do what they do because of white supremacy, see? It's because of white supremacy they do that. It's because of white supremacy, June June standing on the corner and selling drugs where little kids got to go to school. It's white supremacy causing that. Then, well, we ain't the only ones sell drugs and commit crime. Asians commit crime. White people commit crime. Italians commit crime. Pygmies commit crime. Unicorns commit crime. Smurfs commit crime. Everybody commit crime. Okay. So then how, how, how is these, these Negroes doing this because of white supremacy then? Explain that. Explain that. Help me to understand that logic. That is a logical fallacy. This is a this is a form of escapism. It's a form of escapism. I understand. I, I expect the dominant society to do what the dominant society does. What I don't expect, and what I shouldn't expect, and what I shouldn't be at peace with, is the idea of my own kind. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all said, Amir, don't you disrespect Smurf culture? <laughs> hey, blue lives matter, man. <laughs> but what I don't expect and what I'm not comfortable with and what I'm not going to accept is this coming from my own kind. Because you're telling me it's about race. You're the one sitting on YouTube panels all day telling me it's about race. So if it's about race and it's about race first, then that means any beef that you have with another black person that would cause you to extinguish their life should be nullified on the basis of race. But that's not what I see coming from you Negroes. That's not what I see coming from you. So you're full of shit. 
See? You're full of crap. So these pro pro black politics hasn't done anything for black society. It just hasn't. They haven't really done anything for black society. So don't tell me about Amber Geiger. Many of you are Amber Geiger. You got Amber Geiger in your families. You got sisters running around here whose sons are Amber Geiger in the black community. And they love their sons. They hug their sons. When the sons get locked up, they bail them out. When the police come looking for him because he done did some shit, he ain't had no business, business doing, they lie for him. So don't tell me about Amber Geiger and what and, and this mammyism. This is this is only emblematic and symbolic of what you niggas do every day. So and I'm supposed to be outraged. Oh, I'm supposed to be outraged because you're telling me to be outraged. See? But if someone has conservative values, they're a coon. You know, there was a situation with Rosa Parks, the great civil rights pioneer, Rosa Parks. And these thugs in her own community broke in our house and stole her stuff and they put hands on her. And so what happened at the time, the president of, I think it was the Little Caesar pizza chain, he, he moved her out of that neighborhood and put her in, a, in, 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 in an apartment in a safe neighborhood till the, and he paid it till the day she died. But why was that even necessary? But you're not going to call those little thugs, you're not going to call them a coon. You're not going to call them a sambo. You're not going to call them Amber Geiger. They the warriors of the race, see? See, they, they, that's our warrior class. Fuck out of here. Hell out of here with that. You're the warrior. They're the warriors of the white race. Driving down the worth and the value of black life. And you're not supposed to say anything. You just got to let them operate because you're black and they're black. Meanwhile, they don't defer from preying on you because you're black and they're black. See, they understand and they know that you're just as vulnerable as them. So they know who they can get away with that bullshit and who they can't. But these are the warriors of the race. Fuck out of here. This is an insult. This is an insult. So I'm just as outraged, I'm just as appalled when it's your black ass doing what Amber Geiger did. So I'm not going to give her a pass in you either. See, when it was the situation with that sister who got killed in Chicago. 
holding her little daughter. Did, 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 was, was there any videos about that from these niggas? Was it any videos from the from Tariq Nasheed and all these other fake pro-blacks? Was it any videos about that? See, we supposed to, we supposed to treat that as an isolated incident. See, we're we're not responsible for for every for everything a, a knucklehead black person do. This is this is Tariq's logic, and I like Tariq, but. When you're on some bullshit, you just you on bullshit, man. And this is and, and that logic is, is bullshit. That's just what it is. But it was no, it was no outrage or no videos from none of these Negroes about that. So so you're fine with that. You're going to excuse that. Same thing with the failosphere. With Sapphire G and the rest of and the rest of the buffoons over there, and really think they have some moral authority when it comes to when it comes to black black blackness or something like who the hell y'all think y'all are? I was in prison before. I'm black. I'm blackity black and blackity black and blackity black, y'all. Fuck out of here. I ain't never been to prison, and I'm just as black than you. So you do not own blackness. You are not the spokesperson for blackness. That B1 bullshit they be coming with. See? Brothers who do what they're supposed to do, who live, who, who abide by the rules of the, the, the laws of the land are just as are just as black and have just as much of a right to speak about issues in the community community than your criminal ass. See, this isn't hip hop. So your, your street cred doesn't translate here. I don't care about that. What are you doing for the community? Well, if you if you niggas was doing what you were supposed to do from the jump, the community would be fine, wouldn't it? If you hadn't ravaged it with, with, with your criminal with your criminal activity. Making it a goddamn war zone. You can't even put black businesses in, in some of these communities because of the crime. Put you a store in there, store ain't going to be up two weeks before a nigga be done broke in it and robbed it. But you ain't supposed to say nothing. You're supposed to just let them operate and do whatever they doing. I don't believe in that. I do not believe in that, man. And so we know that we there's a problem with violence in our communities. This self-hatred. We can't even communicate with each other with, with, without disparaging one another. These deluded ass niggas, man, I don't want to hear their mouth, man. You got you got Negroes right now who acting all outraged and got and got cousins, brothers, sisters, or maybe even themselves who've done just who've done what Amber Geiger did, never served a day in jail. But I'm supposed to be outraged by Amber Geiger. 
the only time it's inexcusable is when it's a white person doing it. Like, come on, man. Come on. And and you know what? See, I've been doing some research too. Because this is what this is what we do over here at the Great Liberators Radio Show. I've been doing some research on Vietnam. And you know, the condition of the family. Um OG Bootsy. OG Boosie says, so you so you love your enemies. Um, I don't know how that's relevant to the conversation. I think it's it's asinine to love someone who hates you. I'll put it like that. And that that presents a particular problem because I think it's just as asinine to love someone who hates themselves when that person looks like you. See, it's it's a form of self-hatred for you to extinguish that which looks like you. So when you see like the, the, the fact that we put no that we place no value on black male life, even black males don't. You don't play, we don't place value on, on black male life. But we expect the white society to do it. That's a form of self-hatred. See, and many, many of these brothers come up in homes where they don't see any value or, or any worth being placed on black manhood and black masculinity because the mama running around talking about she don't need no goddamn man and she's behaving like she doesn't need one. So what cues are, are is the boy receiving when it comes to his, his, his identity? And then we wonder why we have this onset of transgenderism in the black community. Dr. Welsing talked about this, how that the system, the teachers, the educational system will instill every cue into the black boy that it's better to be a female than to be a male. We don't place any value on black male life. Robert Smith paid off all these brothers' college debt. Is highly successful, a multi-billionaire, yet all these Negroes particularly the fe these fellows fear these females all they could focus on was who he was giving dick to which goes to show you what they think about black men what they think about black male life yeah it could be a it could be a sister i remember i seen a uh uh this one i started falling out with these women see because i'm i'm very patriot i'm very old-fashioned so it was a, it was a meme floating around with this girl. She was got had a kid when she was thirteen, and she graduated when she was eighteen or what? And, and they sitting here acting like that's some achievement. Fuck out of here! See, this is purposed. Where you positively reinforce everything that the woman does, no matter how fucked up it is. So she could have eight kids by eight different niggas, three of them in CPS, and then she and then she go get get a get a CNA degree, and that's black girl magic. The core goal and the central goal of, of, of white supremacy, asymmetrical white domination, is to render the black male either invisible and or ineffective. And 
And then you and then you wonder why these boys are, 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 are gaining an affinity for femininity, for womanhood, for femaleness. That's what we're placing the value on. When the logic coming from black, these so-called black feminists, Tarana Burke is we have to protect our black girls. Well, what about the boys? They don't deserve to be protected. The black boys don't deserve to be protected. When you look at Jerry Sandusky, Eddie Long, family structure is the is the prime indicator when it comes to the sexual abuse of children. Family structure. The safest family structure for children is a two-parent married home. There's less likely chances of abuse, less likely chances of poverty, less likely chances of, uh, of, of physical and sexual and emotional and psychological abuse. Those are facts. So what you have is you have a group of women who, are, who have children haphazardly outside of the safest family stru structure and then want to task strangers, black men they don't know, with, men with mentoring their sons. Jerry Sandusky was able to do what he was doing for all those years because uh, he, 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 was, he, was, he had a mentorship program. The majority of the children that Jerry Sandusky violated were black boys. Eddie Long was able to operate and do what he was doing because he called himself mentoring these black boys. These boys don't need mentors. They need their fathers. And I'm not talking about part-time fathers. But they're going to act like I'm deluded. But you want me to be outraged when you say be outraged. You want me to care about what you say care about. So you don't care. You don't care about black male life. You don't care about Botham Jean. You don't care, man. And I can look at all your behavior, all of the empirical, empirical statistics, and see your black ass don't care. Treating, treating, treating our children as the undue consequences of our sexual aggrandizement. Then turn around and demonize and vilify and antagonize these, these boys for being put in a situation that they had no control over. Sapphire G. So you don't care and your in, in, in your behavior and your actions betray the fact that you don't care. Damn what your mouth say. What are you doing? What are you doing? You know what? And while I'm at it, because this past summer. Black men on YouTube was and I and, and, and this I was just coming on YouTube, but black men on YouTube. 
were being accosted by a particular black female YouTuber. I'm not going to say her name. <laughs> With what are what what are black men doing for respect? That was the question. What are black men doing for respect? As if our humanity isn't evident. As if there is a see we see when you when you make these type of statements, what you're suggesting is, is, is that there is a litmus for for humanity for black men. Are you insane? Are you insane? You're saying there's a litmus. As if respect isn't isn't a human right, isn't, 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 isn't something evident that we give to other humans. So you're dehumanizing black men. Let me pull this up. Mm -mm -mm. Let me see here. Let me see. That's that was the question. What are y'all doing for respect? What are black men doing? What have black men done? <laughs> okay, I guess. All right, fine, cool. Okay, sure. All right. Let's see here. Is that screen okay? So is 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 let me see. <clears throat> oh, I didn't want this. I did not want this. Why is it? <laughs> well, y'all, 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 y'all see what I'm getting at here. <laughs> y'all see what I'm getting at. Is this what black women are doing for respect? Hugging the killers of hugging the killers of black men. And you know, there's even empirical research out there that shows that black female judges give black give black male suspects in defense and defendants harsher sentences than other groups. Y'all know that, right? So let's 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 pose the question because that's what 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 are black men doing for respect? Okay, so is this what black women are doing for respect? That's what y'all doing? Playing in their hair like 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 uh, they they're at some goddamn sleepover. What's up, Naima? See? That research is out there. That black female judges give black male defendants and black male suspects a harsher sentence, a harsher time. You know, like the black female judge did to Meek Mill. See? And like I said, there's this romantic, romanticizing. And fetishization of black male disposability. 
so we don't really believe in the value of black male life in the black community. And everything reflects that. And this is why I said from motherhood to mating, women get the men they deserve. When you look at the nature versus nurture. And see, when you bring these things up, sisters want to take offense like, I'm not even coming at sisters. I'm just telling you how, what, how, how nature works. And the fact of the matter is, is that <clears throat> there's no way the woman can divorce herself from the, from the socialization process of, uh, of her boys. Because not only are you his first nurturer, you're his, you're his first environment. So you're so you're representative even in the nature aspect of the debate. You're his first habitation. You're his first food supply. Along with his first nurturer, you're his first everything. So what messages are we conveying to our to our to our sons, to our boys about the value of their life? It just doesn't have to be verbal, but it can be nonverbal. It can be the, the, the way we, we act and respond to their trauma and their hurt. See, so really what we're talking about are, 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 are symptoms of, of larger things that's going on, but I'm still not going, going to give these, these brothers who engage in the same behavior as Amber Geiger a pass. I'm not going to give them a pass, man. Because I expect that from, a, from, a, from an Amber Geiger. I expect that from a white supremacist. I'm not supposed to expect that from, from my own kind. See, and I've been doing these, these uh, series on the dilemmas of black manhood and womanhood. See? And so, you know, I, I, like I got some things coming up. Like I said, I'm working on this research for Vietnam because, <clears throat> you know, members of the manosphere, they, they adopt this, this neoconservative disposition when it comes to the disintegration of the black family. And my position has always been it's. No, 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 nah, nah, we're not shifting blame. No, I mean. She's guilty. What I'm saying is. I don't want to hear the fake outrage from individuals who don't have who don't have whose ire isn't raised just as much when we do this to each other. See, I'm I'm able I'm able to multitask. Like it's it's not it's not a zero sum game. It's it's not an either or. I can be equally displeased and pissed and incensed at both. And I am. That's my thing. But we can't be incensed when it's coming from this type of situation and then be mum and quiet about it when it's a when it's a, when it's a, 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 a intra-group thing, an intra-group phenomenon, an intra-group dynamic. Because in, in the final analysis, it's the same thing. Both of them are going to facilitate white supremacy. And I, I don't know why we act like we don't understand that.
That's what both of them are going to facilitate. See, and that's why I said the greatest effect, uh, cause of the disintegration of the black family is actually black criminality. But we want to, but we want to, we want to project it onto the women and say, "Oh, it's welfare." But the data is very clear. You've had an influx of black men in the graveyard and in the prison system. That's the only place you see an influx of black men starting in the in the in the late uh sixties, ramping up in the seventies, and reaching a, and reaching a crescendo in the nineteen eighties. The only place we see an influx of black men is in the prison system and in the graveyard. The, the, the mortality rate of black, black boys from 14 to 35 doubled in the 1980s, because of, partly because of the crack cocaine epidemic. It doubled. See, so we don't want to we don't want to acknowledge that. We want to ignore that. And this is precisely why when Clinton did the welfare reform bill, thinking that it was going to have an it was it was going to reverse the trajectory of the single mother headed household, it didn't. In the in the, in the 90s, the, the single mother household rate was like 63%. Look where it is today. Because it's not welfare causing it. See, matter of fact, let me show y'all something. Let me show y'all what I'm working on. See, because I, I don't just talk, man. I read. I'm gonna show y'all what I'm gonna let me show y'all what I'm working on. And, and, and see, see, they, they love to quote Moynihan. They love to quote, quote, quote Moynihan. I'm going to show y'all something. Mm -mm. Let me show y'all something right quick. Because you, this is something you hear coming from, coming from certain brothers, and they're talking about the dysgenic nature of, of breeding in the black community, which I do agree is a problem. I just don't think it's welfare causing it. And I've stated that. Let me show y'all something right quick. Let me see. Let me show y'all something. Hold on. Because mm -mm -mm. I, I like what, what I, I go. I go into sources. I, I don't just I, and I go into scholarly sources, articles, journals. And these different things. Make sure y'all like, make sure y'all like and, and share this video. Okay, hold on one second. Let me put the screen share on. I'm gonna show y'all this. Can y'all see that? I'm gonna read this to y'all, but can y'all see that? Let me see. Y'all can see that, right? Let me see. Because what I've been talking about, I've been talking about Vietnam and how Vietnam 
had a greater impact on the disintegration of the black family than welfare, than the so-called rise of the welfare state. So what I have on the screen right here is an excerpt from the Journal of Marriage and Family, 1971, examining the effects of the Vietnam War on the American family. So that's the source. Now I have it cropped so you can't see everything, but look at what it says. You know what? I should have, I should have, I should have put put up another one. But anyway, it says there has been considerable discussion of the genetic effects of war. If it tends to kill off the fittest young men and leave the less fit to reproduce, then war is this genetic in the case of vietnam the war is clearly more dysgenic for blacks than whites crystal clear crystal clear see this is why you have to understand what was going on at the time period during the time period because you just didn't have <clears throat> civil rights and in, 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 in the welfare state going on in 1964. You had the Vietnam War going on. And what they were doing, they were disproportionately drafting black men. And then out of the black men they drafted, they were taking the best and leaving the rest. And then that when they would send those 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 black men off into these wars, they would put them on the on, on the on the, the front line of the hottest battles. Then when many brothers were there, they were getting hooked on heroin. Then due to the unpopular nature of the war, when they came back, they were dealing with the anti-war sentiment in American society that was high at that time. So you have to account for that. But these Negroes don't read. They call themselves scholars, but they don't read anything. They re they'll read literature from the Heritage Foundation, which has a vested interest in pushing this notion of the rise of the welfare state. And while it may be true that the welfare state expanded in the 1960s, it contracted in the 1970s. While during the 1970s, there was a, there was a, a steady track and uptick of divorce, separation and desertion and what we know of as the breakdown of the black family so what they're saying is incorrect and this is what i've been telling these niggas but you can't tell niggas nothing because they don't listen they hard-headed so they so these conservatives push these tropes about welfare because they know that your ire will be will be raised at your woman and not at the real culprit. This political sleight of hand that they engaged in, that was a part of the Southern strategy. And there's more too. like this is just a little excerpt, but I'm working on that. I'm going to be doing a I'm going to be doing a video on that. <laughs> now I said, no, I said I'm very I'm very loud. <laughs> OK, let me calm down then. But you see what I'm saying? So I, 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 I like to read. I, I don't just take 
Heritage Foundation literature and take it as gospel truth because I understand that the Heritage Foundation is pushing an agenda. The Heritage Foundation, which is aligned with the Alec Foundation, which both had a hand in, in forming the, pro the prison for profit industry as we know it. The prison for profit industry. The idea of privatized prisons where you can take these brothers that's in the prison system and use them as unskilled labor and cheap labor that you don't have to pay a lot of money. See, so I'm putting I'm putting it all together. I'm going to be doing that very soon. Vietnam and the black family, because these these Negroes who call themselves uh, uh, scholars and thought leaders, they never talk about that because they don't read. And, and that's the only conclusion I can draw from that, because if you read, then you would know what I know. Exactly. Best one. So they know when they when, when they push these these tropes, it's going to drive a wedge between black men and black women. And when you look at the gender war that's prevalent right now and that's going on on, on social media, that's what it's about. That's what it's about, man. So. I'm going to be working on that. I'm going to be doing that very soon. You know, but yeah, I just wanted to come on here and talk about that right quick because I'm because I don't like. You know, this hypocrisy. We can't only be outraged at the extinguishing of black life when it's done at the hands of a white person, especially black male life. Nor can we promote the worst types of black men who engage in the extinguishing of, of black male life as the standard for black manhood and what black men doing and should be doing. What's up, Sister George? See? That's a logical fallacy. We have to, we have to shift some things and understand that. So, you know, in my opinion, that these these individuals who engage in this type of behavior in in their communities aren't they they're they're one and the same as Amber Geiger. They're Amber Geiger in blackface. They're Amber Geiger in blackface. That's what they are. And I'm not going to be outraged when these fake pro blacks tell me to be outraged. Because they're very quiet, very mum when it when it's another black person doing it. Very quiet. <laughs> yeah, everybody talking about it. N N Naima says, no, we can't, Amiri, but we need to understand is that we are com we are competing and we should have protection so that we are prepared for anything. I mean, I agree with that. I agree with that. You see, and so that's 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 my thing. I, I I'm going to focus on the things that everybody else want to try and ignore, and I'm not going to let us ignore it. I'm not going to let us, you know, forget it because it's, it's just as you know, it's just as important just as pertinent to, to, to black life, to the black experience in America, you know? So, 
So that's all I have, y'all. I appreciate y'all for tuning in. Hey, make sure y'all y'all like, share, and subscribe to the video. And y'all know y'all know what it is over here. Make Black America great again or die trying. And matter of fact, hold on. <laughs> hold on one second. One second. Let me see. I think I'm. I think I'm gonna start a singing career. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> I'm going to leave y'all with this. These fake problex, they are so fake, fake, fake. These Negroes are fake as hell, <laughs> fake as hell, oh, fake, oh, fake. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.